This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance. Or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Ideas to Life podcast. Practical advice and inspiration to help you create and sell your own physical products. Here's your host, Vicky Weinberg. Today on the podcast, I'm talking to Bavan Breyer about how and why she pivoted her products business. Her story is really fascinating. She talks about how she launched her initial products business, what changed for her, the challenges she faced and what it meant to actually take quite a big pivot and start something else new. Um, I think there's lots here that you're going to find interesting and inspiring too. And um, I'd now love to introduce you to Bavan. So hi, Bavan. Thank you so much for being here. Hi. So can we start with you please giving us introduction to yourself, your business and what you do and sell. Let's start start with what you sell currently and then we'll, okay. we'll come on to the rest. So I have a business called Sabalo and I basically sell uh, self-care items, so anything that you can use to um, to kind of maintain your, your well-being. Because I think um, personally my experiences of burnout has really like uh, inspired me to do that because people often say to do self-care when you're already at the point of crisis. So I kind of wanted to create a store that's more around uh, doing it regularly and kind of promoting that. Thank you so much for that. And I, we definitely will get onto your experience of burnout a bit later. Mm-hmm. So um, I asked you for what you sell currently, because I know that and even at the beginning of this year, your business looks completely different. Mm-hmm. So are you okay if we go right back to the beginning and talk about your first products business and how you got started, what inspired you then? And then we'll bring ourselves up to where we are now, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. So Oh, where do I start? <laughs> so basically, uh, I used to have a candle brand called, uh, we used to call it MDT, but it was short for Maison de Tourmontin, which is my partner's surname. And the candles were um, really minimal. It was all inspired by uh, French artisanal perfumery, because that's kind of what my other half wanted to do. And I was kind of like the business head behind it. And I really enjoyed the um, the creator side. I love styling it. I love, like I love interiors. So that was really my thing, like the photography. Um, and also the brand message, because I really enjoyed promoting like the self-care aspect of things. And um and, you know, we were doing really well and we were stocked in like quite a few shops around the UK. And uh, and then we just kind of got to a point where because of COVID and Brexit and, you know, the, the absolute power couple that is those two for like product shortages. At the beginning of January, um, after a really, really successful Christmas, um, our suppliers, uh, they basically were like keeping us on hold for our stock. And we were like, okay, we'll wait. And then it kind of got to like 
February and I started getting DMs and messages and emails like, hi, I really wanted to get this for my partner for Valentine's or it's my mum's birthday. And I started really panicking and, um, and the suppliers promised and kept saying, okay, yeah, we're going to, we're going to get your products to you. And then eventually they, they said, we're not restocking yet. They're not, they're not shipping to the UK anymore. And I think I could have really found another candle vessel. I could have really found another jar, but I think actually it was a sign for us to take stock and think, do we actually like this? Like, are we building a business that we've now kind of like, we've like trapped ourselves in that we're not really enjoying. So yeah, that's basically what instigated the big change. Okay, thank you. And coming back to the, to the candle business. So was that something, um, how long did you have that business actually, first of all? So we had it for about two years. Okay. And how did you get started? As, and, and were you in a business with your with your partner? Was he in the business with you or was he more mm-hmm. like a silent partner and you were the one? Yeah, we kind it? of did it together. But um, I would say that when we stopped doing MDT, like our relationship got so much better <laughs> because I feel like when you have a business with your partner, it's very much like you're like colleagues and we would do stuff like every weekend. We would like go to markets. We did a trade show together, but we never spent like time together. And it was constantly like, have you done this? Oh, did you send that email? Have you replied to this stockist? So I think we kind of realized that, you know, we weren't really enjoying it. And, um, and Matt, basically my partner, he decided that he just, he wanted to focus on other things and he just didn't want to do it anymore. And then I, found myself in a position where I was like, okay, I've built this, this business based on someone else because, you know, I'm not French, I'm South Asian. So I couldn't really talk about French heritage and the style was very much what he liked. And I was like, right, I need to, I need to really like take a break and then decide what I'm going to go, what I'm going to do next. And your, your, your business you have now definitely looks more like your business from what mm-hmm. I, you know, what I can see from following you on Instagram, it definitely looks like, like you. And I guess, does that, do you feel that that's, reflects that the fact that now you're driving this yourself I think so I tried to um make changes but it was really scary and I posted a video like in my maybe like April 2021 just saying like I hope that without Matt I'll be enough because he was really like the artist behind the brand and he was like the creative and um like I chose to change the name which was like a really big um decision because like I did think maybe I'm throwing the baby out with the bathwater you know that stupid saying because I was like it's going pretty well why am I changing everything but um the name Sabalo actually means to preserve in Punjabi and I just felt like it was a bit more me and I wanted to make products that are a bit more joyful and that I'd probably buy so yeah and so what was the inspiration for starting up the candle business initially Um, I think it was because Matt basically wanted to be a perfumer and I was like, I'll make it happen (laughs) (laughs) because I think, um, through like my burnout, I've also realized that I was a bit of a, like a momager. I was very much like, like, I I don't know. I kind of like to be uh, a hype man for other people. And I realized that I was taking some time out that actually that's not right. And I need to really focus on what I want. And, and that's like a major message and a major inspiration behind Sabalo. Yeah. So it sounds like, was it pretty much his vision? Yeah. Cause I, I think I'd be, I'd very much be like, Oh, what do you think? Do you like it? Which one do you like? So I'd basically do everything. I design everything. And, but I feel like I needed that approval of like, is this right? You know, I need someone else to validate that I was doing the right thing. And now it is really hard because I make decisions and I've got no one to, to be like, do you like this? <laughs> 
I just need that a cheeky little compliment to like <laughs> let me post it yeah that's a massive shift for you isn't it yeah. from going from being the two of you to sort of you know the being the sort of the main person I guess the person that the buck stops with as well yeah it's really hard but <sighs> I think how, it's for the best yeah and how have you adjusted to that change that is a huge change um I think I I have I like to have some pep talks some like self pep talks so before it was very much like I'd need to ask a couple of people and I'd ne- at least need to get some validation from Matt do you think this is a good idea should I order this like I've been very indecisive and I realized that you know that's just a part of my personality so I'm trying to like um it's quite woo woo but I do a lot of affirmations like I, I write in a journal and I'm like you can do this you're a capable business owner <laughs> and yeah I think that that has really helped Thank you. So as you said, it sounded like your supply issues you were having in January kind of the catalyst for the change, but maybe it sounds from what you're saying that perhaps um, the burnout issues you were experiencing, was that, was that prior to January? Was it was it the events of January that sort of brought it to a head? I think um, it was always kind of a reoccurring issue. And I think for a lot of product-based businesses, actually, it's really common um, because I think what I would do is I would post like every day on social media, I'd show up on my stories. I'd be very into, um, being really visible in my business and I could only do that for so long. And then I would just, I would just kind of fall off of the, the wagon as it were. And I would maybe like take two months off. And then I don't know about you. I don't know if have you ever had this when you take a week off or even a weekend and you think, Oh my God, I've been away for so long. They're not going to recognize me when I come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. It feels always awkward coming back, doesn't it? Yeah. And yeah, it is it is really bizarre. And I guess it's not and also, I mean, we also have to recognise it's not just the social media, is it? Is it? Presumably you're doing all the other stuff in the mm-hmm. business as well as that. And I think sometimes sort of doing the social media and sort of showing up and being positive um when yeah. you're absolutely exhausted from all the other things you're having to do mm-hmm. like sending out orders and customers it can just feel like a bit much can't it a hundred percent i i really love what you said about um having to be positive because i feel like that is a major thing that makes people burn out is that they go on social media and i've talked to other product-based businesses and then they see everyone's killing it like oh i've just had 100 sales you know here's my massive box of orders for the post office and then the reality might not actually be like that you know they might just have saved up the boxes or something else might be going wrong and i know for myself there was a time where i was getting loads of stockists um but then i would still go on social media and i'd feel terrible because um i'd see other people doing things that i wanted to do or, um, and another thing was actually fulfilling the orders because I actually worked full time during the whole time of my business and so did my partner. So we get a, an order for stockists for like 40 candles and have to like, you know, bash it out on a, on a weekday. So actually what you see on social media is not really, you know, it's not really hunky-dory as, as it seems to be. Yeah, I had absolutely no idea you were working full time as well. Wow. And were you actually creating the, the the actual candle I know like you were mentioning that you the jars were came from your suppliers but were you actually physically putting the candles together then mm-hmm. yeah so we were like uh, we had like the wax melter so we had like in the room I'm in now we have um like just all of the candle making stuff I've just put it in into like a corner it's like the, the dark corner that we don't speak of but <laughs> but yeah we literally did it so we'd come home from our day jobs and then literally be like okay we've had an order we need to like make candles and then we would just like really silently <laughs> like like look at each other and just like not not even speak just make candles together <laughs> oh wow and did that take some of the joy out of it I think so yeah 
I think I think I would actually really like to do candles again, but I just think maybe in the way that I did it, it wasn't sustainable. So like you said, it really took the took the magic out of it because that's why you make products right because you enjoy making and you enjoy like putting something into the world yeah definitely and coming back to what you were talking about honesty and things not being as they appear on social media one of the reasons I was so keen to talk to you Bavin was I watched a video that you posted I think it was April time one you referred to earlier where you were sort of telling everyone what was going on and that you were taking a step back and thinking about how to move forward and I thought that was so honest and really vulnerable um and yeah so I'd love to just talk about about that a little bit more more as well because I thought that was a really brave thing to do to actually say I don't know what I'm going to do now um, yeah it, it was really you, yeah like I I basically thought about it for like a while because I knew that the like I knew that there was a problem I was getting loads of messages and I was like I need to like you know I felt like a bit of a celebrity I don't have a huge following but I was literally like I need to make a public statement <laughs> and I think um, it was really hard. I literally, I had like no makeup on. I, I just looked terrible and I just put my camera in front of me and just kind of spoke for like eight minutes. So I don't know if anyone watched the whole thing, but I just felt like I needed to get so much off my chest. And I, I was really scared because I was, I was kind of just admitting and like as a business owner, like imposter syndrome is really like, you know, it's really real. So the worst thing that you can say is, I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> because- that's probably what most of us are thinking anyway. So to actually put it into words and say, I don't know what I'm doing was, was really hard, but um, it, it was such a relief actually. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think most of us don't know what we're doing. We're just not all brave enough to say it. Yeah. Um, and what kind of reaction did you get from that video? It was really lovely. Actually. It was so nice. Like that we had so many um, messages and people that we weren't even we had no idea that we we like had done business with like so you know when when you have a product-based business I feel like you have like regular customers that you know and that you see pop up on Shopify and you're like oh look it's Jenny you know but then there were some that were like oh I met you once at a market like two years ago and you were so nice and it just really touched me that those people in particular you know commented to say oh you know you're really knowledgeable good luck I know that you're gonna do really well and yeah, it was really affirming to know that actually, you know, people cared about us. And I think that's the beauty of small business really, is that you're not just kind of this like vapid mass production machine, like you, you sell to people and yeah, it was, it was really nice. That is lovely. And I think you're right. Sometimes you can lose sight of the fact that there's a person on the other end of the transaction. Yeah. It's really lovely. You touch that many people and that they, you know, you got such positive feedback so what happened from then Bavin so at that point you weren't really sure what was happening you were just taking a bit of time out talk us through what happened next so um basically I just I literally just did that I took time off I didn't go on Instagram I basically uninstalled everything and uh, I I reduced as many of my direct debits as I, as I possibly could from my um, business bank account and yeah I just felt like I needed the time and I just I carried on in my day job and uh and then I kind of got to the point where I saw a therapist and I was like look I keep I keep getting really stressed I keep overworking myself and I don't know why and and you know I had a lot of realizations as to why I was doing it and I think a lot of the times we work really hard because like internally we don't feel like we're good enough so we need the the validation of achievement to feel like oh look this is what I've done so I'm I'm good today and uh I think in the end I decided to go part-time in my day job as well which it was really scary because I think 
in society, you're kind of often told that you need to have a constant upward progression. So the fact that I was taking like a uh, drop in money, like, and almost like a drop in status, sometimes when you go part-time, you know, your family and friends are like, what are you doing? Um, but I just knew I needed the time and I uh, decided to do a, a therapy course. So I'm basically training to be a therapist at the moment. And I felt like I'd had enough rest that I felt like, actually, I kind of want to start this again. And now I'm doing my podcast to basically talk about what I went through and, and talk about others' experiences of burnout as well. Thank you. And at what point did you decide to add um, products to your new business? So I think products is the first thing that I'm going to do because it's what I know. And, and also, I, I think about the things that I've used during my recovery over the last year. And, you know, it's really been kind of like wholesome things like essential oils and, um, and like Palo Santo sticks. So you light them and, and then basically they have this like billowing smoke and, uh, in my kind of like messaging in my, my business, a big thing is like, um, saying no to toxic positivity and actually just letting yourself be sad. And, and that's really what, you know, I had to go through. And that's what I think some people really need is to actually just be sad and no one fix it. So I mean, I want to be clear though, you don't need products to do this, but I, I like, it's not the products that help you, but I do feel like having that ritual to mark like your well-being does really help. Yeah. So talk us through what you'll be selling. So at the moment, so I literally did this um, yesterday because I was like panicking because I had like a podcast episode coming out today. Um, so I've got an essential oil, a rose and vetiver um, essential oil roll on. So just to use on your wrists and like your temples and just like your pressure points, um, you can just keep it in your bag for like a little pep to go. Um, and also uh, I love Palo Santo sticks. Actually, one of our best-selling candles, Trezor, was based on this wood. And I came to realize that you can actually light it and it smells divine. And you just have it in your bedroom like you would incense. Um, also, I've got incense, so Indian incense. And um, I've created a burnout box with like a burnout journal with like exercises and journal prompts. And then it has like, you know, all of the other stuff in it, like the um, essential oil. And, and yeah, I really just wanted to, to help people and, and to give them something comforting. Oh, that's lovely. And yeah, your products all sound amazing. I'm definitely going to take a look at those. Um, <laughs> but yeah, definitely. Because I think, yeah, I think probably most people listening and I definitely can relate to that feeling of getting to the point where you're like oh actually I've been doing too much and I'm burnt Mm. out Um, and it's almost it's not too late but it would have been good to have caught it sooner Mm -hmm. so yeah that really resonates and so I know that you um rather than sort of starting up well I guess because is it fair to you've pivoted your business so yeah I would say yeah it's, a, it's kind of a big u-turn because there's no candles at the moment that was pretty much what I was doing before and yeah I just kind of wanted to focus more on the kind of well-being side whereas before it was specifically about perfumery and also about French heritage and now I really want to focus more on the kind of like the mental well-being aspect of it um and yeah I'm planning to come up with like loads of other boxes so I wanted to do like a kind of like a self-love one for valentines and and have like different themes um because I think it's nice to like have an activity that you can do when you're feeling like a certain emotion and a certain you're going through a certain thing in your life um so yeah it was it was a really big pivot like even the colors everything's different so I'm hoping that everyone likes it but you know only time will tell because I mean you're using your same Instagram account am I right and you've I know you've changed you've updated the name and you've refreshed the look of it 
um, have you, how has that had an impact or has it had an impact on your following? Because obviously you had followers who were following the MDT brands. Um, how have things changed now that you've rebranded and you're offering something different? Okay, I'll be honest with you. It's not going how expected because, I mean, actually, no, to be fair, I did expect this, but it doesn't make it any easier. So I've completely changed and completely pivoted. And obviously I know that people followed MDT for the specific um, brand and the specific vibe of MDT and I am losing a lot of those people and it is really scary to kind of stick to my guns and just think you know what it's fine because you know there's that saying in marketing isn't there attract and repel where you know if you if you just be your true self then the people that vibe with that will come to you and then the people that don't want you know aren't interested they they will kind of like find something else and um, it is really hard because I'm posting on social media I'm doing my podcast and I'm sending out newsletters regularly and the people that were on the ride for MDT that aren't on the ride for this, you know, they, they are unfollowing me and they are unsubscribing from me. And, you know, it is like shaking my confidence a little bit, but I'm, I'm trying to like really tell myself that actually this is part of the process and to kind of create a life and a business that's authentic to me. This is just a process that I need to go through. Yeah, I think that is really hard. And I know even for myself, like unfollows and unsubscribes, it mm. is hard not to take it to heart, even though it's often, yeah. it's not you, but because it's your business, it feels like it's you and it feels like it's personal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what you're saying really makes sense though, because I guess not everyone who resonated with a French inspired candle brand would be the same person who would resonate with what you're doing now. So I guess that makes sense. But yeah, I can imagine that is really hard, but I like what you said about having faith that you know the right people will find you and follow you um and I guess yeah maybe you have to lose a few people along the way but Mm. I think you'll end up with people following you who are really inspired and resonate with what it is you're doing Mm -hmm. um it just does take time doesn't it to build up a following but I can imagine it's quite scary when you built one up and then it starts to yeah oh my god yeah so used to the number going up and I was like yes this is what I want and now see it going down and it's like every post so I'm like okay just it's fine this is it's okay and I think because we know each other through the Janet Murray um, marketing membership don't we so I listened to one of her podcasts actually and I think she interviewed someone and they were doing a dating blog and it was all about their fun adventures dating and I listened to that and then basically she got she ended up you know getting a partner and then her life changed because it wasn't about these crazy dating stories it became about like you know home life and and she actually decided that she wanted to go more into like the business side of things to teach other influencers um to be kind of authentic in their marketing and in it they spoke about losing followers and and I kind of just was like okay it's fine like it's you know everyone has to change like the things that you were interested in like in your 20s aren't going to be the same things that you're interested in your 30s so I think you just have to grow and then hope that your audience kind of grows with you absolutely and I think that it's I I remember listening to that episode as well because I remember there was a lady and I can't know if it was the same episode where she was talking about actively removing followers and subscribers oh I didn't hear that one I think Um, I've seen it yeah and I just thought that and I thought that sounds absolutely terrifying but then again I guess um I've heard so many times that it's better to have a smaller group of people following you or buying from you or whatever it is that really like you and like what you do and like your products Mm -hmm. than to have you know a bigger group who aren't really that interested and are just maybe following you because they clicked follow years ago and don't even you know know you yeah um and that does make sense but because I guess sometimes you know I guess you can the 
the metrics are almost like a vanity thing aren't they because like yeah. coming back to what you said about status it does feel nice when people follow you yeah um, and it course. does feel yeah, painful like, when they leave <laughs> and the same with sales as well and you, you know when you're selling more of your products it feels good and when you feel so less you start thinking what have I done but of course it's it, yeah there are so many variables aren't there but it's really hard not to take everything to heart yeah because I think you are your business so it's hard to I've been talking to Matt about this because like I still consult him sometimes to be like what should I do um but I think it's really hard to separate your work from you and you have to realize that you're you're not it's actually not the same if your post is bombing on Instagram you're still a great person you're still like fantastic that doesn't have any bearing as to like who you are just means that maybe you need to analyze it and do something different like next time um that's so interesting about removing followers things I wouldn't even know who to remove like how do you what if they love me and I've just gotten rid of them <laughs> I, I I couldn't bring it I mean if anyone listened to this I'm not going to remove any of you I, couldn't bring myself to do it. I just couldn't you can follow me forever I'm never going to remove anybody <laughs> it's just not happening um coming if you don't mind me asking this but coming back and um, you just mentioned Matt again so a bit of a change of direction but so what, what does he feel about your new venture and the way you're taking this if you don't mind me asking that I'm just yeah really of course yeah because obviously you guys so, were in it together for so long yeah he well I did ask him I said look I've got all the formulas like can I can I just use them <laughs> and he was like if you wanted to use them in the future that's absolutely fine um because he was like because I was actually intending on clearing out all of our um old like kind of um fragrance oils and he was like okay you can clear them all out but keep all of mine because that's that's my intellectual property <laughs> I was like okay so he's absolutely he was really supportive he was like you can use them you can rebrand them you can do whatever you whatever you want to them um and I think for a while it was really hard for him because like I was the one that came out and said here's how me and Matt feel here's what we're doing you know it was never it didn't really come from him and even though it was all his feelings I feel like he had too much fear so I kind of stepped up and and kind of like delivered the the final blow as it were but I think it was really hard because internally I think he felt like it was a failure and I think he has come a long way since then and now he's he's happy to kind of move on to other things but you know it was getting to the point where we were booking uh, courses for like fine perfumery so we went to one at the Cotswolds and we had some more planned and um I think he was just kind of doing it because he just felt like oh well you know it's, it's working and I'm here now and but when we had an honest conversation about it and I was like are you actually enjoying it like do you still want to be a perfumer and I think he did feel really relieved when um I asked him because he said no and I was like, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Like, it just means that we know what we're doing going forward. And, um, and yeah, I still use him as a sounding board. And it's quite nice to have someone that's been through it as well and understands, like, the struggle of basically starting out again. So, yeah, he's been great. Oh, that's really nice to hear. And so what are some of the things that you've learned through the process of, of pivoting your business? I think... A big thing is um, don't do things because everyone else is doing it and you think that's what you need to do to be successful. (laughs) Because I think it's so easy to look around at other people who are achieving their goals and think that you want that. So like there there are a lot of um, examples of this in real life. Like I was talking to one of my friends who was like, oh, I saw someone from my school is now a stockbroker and is on loads of money and just made me feel really like crap. And, And then she was like, but I don't really want to be a stockbroker. And it's kind of that kind of same thing, you know, when you see another business doing really well and you think, oh, I want that. But then 
do you actually want that? Or do you just want the success? Um, I think another thing I've learned is um, to take breaks because I didn't before and, and just be patient because things will take a long time and it's really hard to, to like be patient because you want the win now you want, you want, you, do you know what I mean? You want that kind of achievement, but I think patience really does pay off in the long run. Thank you. And I'm, I'm certainly not trying to ask a leading question here, but I'm just curious whether you think that trying to do everything um, quickly and get there sparse was attributed to the burnout you had eventually. And I only ask that because um, I've definitely been in that situation where I've sort of thought I need to be here by this point and I need to have done this. And um, I'm, de so I'm definitely not trying to put words in your mouth or lead you anywhere. <laughs> but I just wondered if um, based on what you were saying, whether that did attribute to it a hundred percent yes definitely because so when I first started the business we the first Christmas we did uh we both worked full-time and then we basically didn't have any annual leave until uh, the end of the year and from September to December we booked a market every day and um, on the weekends so until Christmas basically and it was horrible and then you'd think that at the end of that we'd be like right let's take a break let's take stock no, I booked top draw literally three weeks later. And it was like one of the last minute ones. So I literally was like, oh my God, I've got top draw, which is like one of the biggest trade shows in the UK. And I've got basically organize it in like six weeks. So I think there was a real desire to quote unquote, feel like I've made it because I think again, with the imposter syndrome, when you've got a small business, um, especially when it's like crafty, because a lot of my, um, a lot of people would be like, oh, you know, she's got a little candle business. And I hate it when people put the word little in front of your, like, in front of your passion and what you're doing. Mm. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, I just had this desire to be like, well, it's in shops now, so it's not so little. <laughs> and I think that that definitely, um, that definitely made me burn out because I don't have anything to prove. I don't need to prove anything to anyone. And if anyone's listening to this, you don't have anything to prove. You're doing great. And your business isn't little. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're, if you're operating a business, you're already so much further ahead than so many people that don't like want to, but don't try. So yeah, I, I would say that that is true. I think so too. And, and it's also what you were saying resonates that so many people, um, you know, sit on an idea for so long before doing mm. anything with it. And there's, and that is completely understandable, by the way, because it is hard and it is a lot to figure out. Um, and I get all of that. But I do agree with you that just by starting, you've done something really amazing because yeah. even if it doesn't work out, who cares? You know, it's, it's a story yeah. to tell down the line, if, if nothing else. When I say who cares, I don't be say that so flippantly. If it doesn't work out, that's, that can be hard. Yeah. Um, but what I mean is it's, you know, hopefully wouldn't be, you know, there wouldn't be the end of the world. It wouldn't be the only thing you, that you can do. Yeah. And as you've proven, you can you can pivot as well. You know, yeah. if the first thing you're doing isn't quite right, you can definitely change and evolve. And I think a lot of us do that anyway, yeah. even if things are going well. Um, you also mentioned, by the way, about having your candle. You mentioned this very offhand about having your candles stocked in shops as well. So that's amazing. Um, yeah. When you think what you did in two years, and I know, like as you said. Um, the goal shouldn't be to like do it all really fast but it does sound like you were in a really in a really good place yeah it was it was really good and I I really enjoyed the stockist aspect of it because they were really nice 
And I think as a small business owner, if you have a product-based business, it's so scary. You think of stockists as these like entities that are like the gatekeepers of like your dreams, but actually they're like, they're just like you. They're just, you know what I mean? Like there, there were so many really cool ones that um, even when I stopped selling, they sent me really lovely messages to be like, you know, good luck. You're going to smash it. And one of them sent me a message that was like, you're, you're like a diamond. And I was like, oh, it was, it was so nice, but but yeah, I do. I do think that as a small business, and if you're listening to this and you're looking to get into stores, um, building a relationship with stockists is one of the best things that you can do because you know they're just people like you and they're just trying to figure things out. Yeah, that's really helpful. Thank you. And I guess as well, having those relationships, so coming back to the pivot, as some of those stockists might be interested in your new range of products, for example. Of course, mm. not all of them maybe would be the right fit, but some of them maybe. Yeah. Um, so I think that's something else that if, you know, when we talk about pivoting or changing or trying something new, that often there's things from what you were doing previously that actually can carry over mm-hmm. to the new, whether it's experiences or relationships or whatever. Definitely. It's amazing, like how much you sort of get behind you in a couple mm. of years. Yeah, definitely. I would t- totally agree with that because even starting out before, like I know so much more now and I, kn- I know like how to have a newsletter, like I... I know a lot more people as well through doing the markets and, and networking. And, you know, you're right. Like, I think, I think when you pivot, there's like a risk of feeling like a failure, like you've done something wrong, but actually I think it, it shows that you've tried and it shows that, you know, you've tried to do something that's really hard and, and, you know, I know it's like a cliche, but it's not how many times you fall, it's how many times you get up. And I've been trying to tell myself that. And I think that, you know, that's something that other people should also think of when they feel really poo that they've made a bad decision <laughs> yeah I mean if anything I would say that a pivot is growth rather than failure mm. I mean I am a glass half full sort of person but that is yeah. how I would see it because um it's not it's definitely not failing and it's not giving up it's just moving in a different direction mm-hmm. and I, as I said I think most businesses even if you look at really big really big successful businesses have gone through a number of pivots or changes along the way I think very few of us start out with an idea in mind and just keep going on that very straight line. I just don't, I don't know. Maybe there are, maybe there are people who won't get examples of that. I'm sure there are actually, but I think there would be more examples of people whose lines have gone all over the place. Yeah. I think that's more likely because, you know, like you said, it's growth, isn't it? And, you know, even if you're not trying, you're growing, you know, you're growing every day just by learning what your preferences are and you can't, um, you have to do something before you know that you like it. Do you know what I mean? So when I was like, I'm going to be a candle business owner and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, like you have to try it out. You have to like, there's no way you're going to know what it's like and you're not going to know the day-to-day aspects of it. So I, yeah, I think it is all growth. And so it has, um, cutting down your, your, your job to part-time is that also, I guess that's allowed you more time now to explore your new business and things you might want to do yeah definitely it means I can do the things I enjoy as well so I really enjoy the writing I I love the content I love planning podcasts and wanting to do a podcast was something I've wanted to do for like two years and I've just always put it off because I've been too busy and and now yeah having the two days off really allows me to to just do the stuff that I enjoy about it because that's why we do this isn't it because we have a passion for it and because we we enjoy creating so yeah, I really like that that part of it. 
And is there anything sort of along the process that you think, oh, I wish I did that differently or, uh, yeah, I know you're a very positive person, but is there anything where you think, oh, actually, if I was going to go through that all again, I would have done X, Y, or Z? Um, yeah, I have quite a few. <laughs> so... <laughs> do you mind, do you mind sharing some? I'm just, I'm just thinking from the point of view of anyone listening who's sort of maybe resonating with some of this, I think it could be really mm-hmm. helpful. Um, I think yeah. I would definitely take more breaks a hundred percent and not feel guilty about it, not have to, you know, take a week off and think, oh my God, I've completely dropped it. It's, it's dead in the water. No one's going to know who I am anymore. Um, and also spend less money. <laughs> Cause I, I think fueled, like, uh, it, it's hard to admit, but sometimes you're fueled by insecurity and that's why I've spent so much money on top draw. And even though it was good and we got suppliers and stockists out of it, like even things like the printing materials. So, you know, when you take a line sheet and you take a business card and you take all of your information to give to potential stockists. And, uh, I don't know what I thought, but I thought there was going to be like millions of people. So I printed like, I'm not even joking, like 5,000 of them. And, um, I've still got them. <laughs> that was like two years ago. So my advice would be spend less money because I always wanted to be prepared. So I always would like be like, right, okay, I might need 50, but I'm going to buy a hundred just in case. So it might be really obvious to some people, but, and also if you have an idea, if you have an idea, like test out in the smallest and cheapest capacity first before you go gung-ho and invest in in all of the stuff for it because uh, we tried to do um oh, what are they called like structured candles you know the candles that have got the funny shapes yes um and basically we tried to make our own molds because we wanted to make something that was truly unique so we had some shapes screen printed um and then we made molds out of silicone so we did the whole process and um and basically it didn't really work <laughs> we spent so much money on it so i would say that if you have an idea you cost it up think about what's going to be the cheapest way of seeing if it's going to sell like just sell 10 and then if you sell 10 think okay yes i'm going to do this um because i think that would have saved me a lot of money in the long run <laughs> yeah and a lot of time as well because that's the other thing like it takes so much time doesn't it yeah. to sort of and you put a lot into a new a new products idea mm-hmm. yeah I mean that's that's one of the key things that I tell people as well is to just try and you know get as much information about whether your idea might work whatever that might look like for you whether it's taking pre-orders or whether it's testing or whether it's even just doing a bit of research and talking to customers before spending lots of time and money because it can be so hard and you get to the point as well in my experience where you go so far down a path with an idea Mm. that it's almost like even if all the signs are saying stop back out (laughs) you just can't because you're so invested you're like no I have to keep going yeah so I think it's good to kind of get that back validation or otherwise before you go too far down that path and can't be derailed oh my god Vicky I wish I spoke to you before I made this stupid mold (laughs) Uh, you've learned something from it and hopefully other people are learning from it and I think like I know for myself I've made so many I could probably do a whole episode on the mistakes (laughs) that I've made along the way um but I think you need to to know not to do that and you Mm -hmm. know if you can help other people I mean, the whole point of this, that's the whole point of this podcast. One of the points of this podcast is if if you and I and everyone else can sort of teach someone something, say, go, oh, okay, I won't do that or I yeah. will do that. Um, I think that's just really, really helpful because when you start out, 
I don't know about you, but I didn't really know what I was doing. And the only way I could learn was by making mistakes because yeah. I was pretty clueless. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I'm just trying to help other people avoid some of them. Um, so along those lines, I've got one final, final question, if that's mm-hmm. okay, Bavin, yeah. which is what would your number one piece of advice be to a products business owner who's thinking about making a change or a pivot? What's one thing you'd want them to take away? <clears throat> I'm trying to think I want it to be like golden advice you know I want it to be like the be all and end all of like advice um I would say change change if you feel like it's going to make you happier because if your business isn't making you happy then why are you doing it you know it the whole point of it is that it gives you freedom and it, it gives you purpose and you, you can live your life on your terms um and that's why I got in, got into it. So if it's not making you happy, then change it to make you happy. Um, and also additionally, if you have extra stock, sell it and make some money. <laughs> so yeah, that's my, that's my advice. That's really good advice. Thank you so much. <laughs> and thank you for everything you've shared. I've really loved talking to you this morning. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Been fun. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end of this episode. If you enjoyed it, please do leave me a review. That really helps other people to find this podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and do tell your friends about it too if you think that they also might enjoy it. You can find me at vickyweinberg.com. There you'll find link to all of my social channels. You'll find lots more information, all of the past podcast episodes and lots of free resources too. So again, that's vickyweinberg.com. Take care, have a good week and see you next time. If you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven-day trial with Captivate.